0: to go blue crew been a while since we last talked Derek, and uh not a whole lot of good has happened honestly michigan lost twice to michigan state including in the final game of the regular season when both teams were playing for a big 10 regular season title i mean these are two losses very close to each other to your biggest rival and we're we're really not that used to michigan losing these big games so i'm just wondering How did it hit you emotionally to see Michigan lose twice like that?
1: It wasn't as bad as I maybe figured it would be. I think what would have been more difficult is if the games were reversed. Uh, Michigan goes in and kind of falls apart in the second half at Michigan State. Um, And then when the season finale, Big Ten um, regular season uh, championship on the line, I mean, you just flip the games and exactly what happened in both games. I think I would have been more disappointed um, if Michigan loses at home in the way they did to Michigan State if it was the season finale. But still tough. I mean, you look at the Big Ten tournament even. uh, These teams could play again uh, in the finals, which would be great. But to think that Michigan could lose three times to Michigan State in, what, a month, I believe it would be, Um, less less than a month. Uh, that's not great. Uh, you felt like he had ba- bragging rights for a, a while as a as a Michigan fan, and you can always kind of circle uh, how both teams have done in the in the NCAA's. But yeah, I mean, two two losses, and in the fashion they lost by kind of letting Michigan State uh, run it up and run away in the second half. Uh, very disappointing, uh, but maybe not as disappointing uh, as if it would have been flipped, like I mentioned.
0: Yeah, I think anytime Michigan loses, we can always go back to this idea that they're going to get it together in time for the NCAA tournament. In the last two seasons, the Big Ten tournament. I'm, I mean, I'm still on that ship because you know we we haven't gotten there yet, and there's no reason, in my mind at least, to um, doubt that something good can still come out of this. But it does seem like. Maybe like this team is in a worse place, I think, than what we really were anticipating. Like this is kind of surprising that they lost the two games to Michigan State and the like the way they did. So I can understand where people would be worried, but I'm I'm keeping I'm keeping my optimism because you know Michigan has done really well in the NCAA tournament and the last two seasons they've done really well, obviously winning the Big Ten tournament. So I'm I'm gonna hold my judgment and hold my. My pessimism until something bad actually happens that has big consequences.
1: Yeah, I mean, it, at this point, and I mean, as it always is, it is what it is, and you've got to hope that uh, Michigan and, and John Beeline can can get it going in the Big Ten tournament. They've had lots of success. Uh, that's that's really where the the heat of the podcasting that that we've done the last two basketball seasons has come about is preparing for the, the the Big Ten tournament and talking about a run in the big Ten tournament it always obviously happens in a week worth of time because all the games are back to back to back it's a crazy uh, month March uh, best month in my opinion I mean lots of games lots of action and and Michigan does have a chance to uh, to turn it up and, and to win their third big Ten tournament in a row uh, something that would be remarkable and have give them a lot of momentum going into the NCAA tournament but with the way the season's gone and it seems exactly opposite as a a Michigan season goes where usually November there's question marks and by February they they seem to be peaking well into March we had a November that we watched that was just Michigan dominating and beating top teams teams that are uh, top 25 top 10 top 5 I mean North Carolina is playing some of the best basketball in the country right now that was a team that Michigan seemed to have absolutely no trouble with, and so we'll see what Michigan team shows up. But I can promise, if they're scoring droughts in the competitive Big Ten tournament, I do uh, I, I have trouble seeing them advance uh, much past Saturday.
0: Yeah, we'll probably get back to those scoring droughts later when we talk about the things that could hamper Michigan. Wolverines are sitting at the bottom of the Big Ten tournament bracket as a number three seed. They could play Northwestern, Illinois, or Iowa uh, Friday night. Uh, we're recording this on a Tuesday evening, so we don't even know who wins that that first-round game between Northwestern and Illinois. Do you see Michigan as a team that can – that can clear those hurdles that we've seen the last well month or you know give or take and actually get to the the final and, and maybe even win?
1: Yeah with the way Iowa's really falling apart late in the season, I mean they, they still have the sixth seed but they've really struggled. Um, and so I, I wouldn't even be surprised if it was if it was Illinois or Northwestern uh, that, that Michigan sees but I think that Friday night game uh, seems like a game that Michigan wins no matter who the opponent is. I'd mean, i be shocked if that was a game Michigan lost. It is a late game. It's probably going to be 8, 9 p.m. by the time three other games play that day. But, yeah, I mean, overall, it's – man, I I would be stunned. I'll go ahead and say it. Um, Therefore, we're moving forward to Saturday, which is my birthday, by the way, which I'd be absolutely bummed if they, one, don't make it to play on my birthday, two, lose on my birthday – I definitely see a Purdue matchup, uh, a matchup that's been really good in the 2018 Big Ten Tournament Championship and overtime uh, win for Michigan in the 2017 run that they had to the championship. And so I like that matchup. And then obviously, I guess you hope to play uh, Michigan State in terms of a rematch, or you hope that Michigan State. Uh, gets beat by somebody, and, and you can handle another team. But it's going to be just as tough as any year. But in 2017, they surprised us after uh, wearing some practice jerseys and having the traumatic playing experience. Uh, 2018 seemed like a year that they could win it, and they and they did. Uh, this seems like a year where at the beginning of the year, it seemed like a shoe win for the regular season championship. Uh, And even the Big Ten Tournament Championship until Michigan State turned it on, and Michigan kind of fell apart. And so I guess we'll see what team shows up. But if the best version of Michigan shows up, they can easily win this thing.
0: I'm looking at the bracket and like, honestly, you know, you got number two Purdue on on your side if you're Michigan. But when you look up, I mean, Wisconsin, Indiana, Indiana's beaten Michigan State twice this season. And, and, you know, that's a team that I think Michigan is probably okay avoiding. Um, Purdue, it's – so much depends on Carson Edwards. And if, if he's putting up 31 shots and only hitting 12 of them or, you know, fewer than that, it, Purdue just – they don't seem to, like, have it. They don't have that that extra gear to kick into when Carson Edwards isn't going. So I think, you know, this works out decently well for them. And it works out decently well for me personally. I mean, if, if Michigan – if I could pick a time for them to play on a weekday, it's at night, obviously, you know, those of us who have day jobs want to be able to watch the games and we can't, uh, very easily just skip out on work to do that. So, you know, there, there's a little bit of a silver lining, I guess, to, to Michigan, not beating Michigan state, uh, to, to clinch a share of the big 10 regular season title. So, is there, is there a player, uh, Braz Dacus I think will be a, a, a hot choice here, It's just a guess, a player who you think Michigan is is going to be able to lean on in this tournament?
1: Uh, lean on, I'd have to go with Braz Dacus just because of his ability and, and what he showed even against Michigan State on the road. And foul so, trouble. Yeah, foul trouble was huge. And so if he can stay out of foul trouble, stay out of some of the droughts that he had in a couple of the games this season as well, uh, and, then, and then really kind of take over a game, especially if Charles Matthews is still unavailable, then I look at, at Brazdaikis. But I will say that John Teske will be really, really important in this tournament. In both Michigan State games, he seemed to have such a little impact. Uh, and if you look at a potential Purdue matchup, for example, uh, you need uh, John Teske to play as well as he did against Purdue the last time. And I think having a big on big and Purdue uh, always has a good, solid seven-footer I think that that pick and roll is how they really beat um, Purdue the last time by 19 at home. I don't think Purdue wants to see Michigan. I think Michigan is really eager to beat Purdue again because they they lost the Big Ten championship not only to Michigan State but to Purdue, a team that they beat again by 19 points. And so I think, like you said, if you look at both sides of the bracket, I, I don't think it could have fallen any more in Michigan's favor uh, at least in terms of that. But, yeah, I'm going to go with John Teske because I like to see him hit threes again. I like to see him uh, make some big plays, have some dunks down low, and see that pick-and-roll game going again. Uh, really gets uh, Xavier Simpson some open looks as well.
0: Now, if Michigan makes it to, um, to Saturday and is like playing Purdue or if they make it to Sunday and playing Michigan State, Wisconsin, you know, someone like that, then I can see Bress Dakis really coming up exactly in the way he did against Michigan State, hopefully without the foul trouble this time. But when we're talking about like a, a consistent guy to, to carry your team through three good days of basketball, I gotta look at Xavier Simpson right now. A guy who kind of got it handed to him by Cassius Winston, great Michigan State point guard. And I think that I mean, he doesn't seem like the kind of guy who's who's just going to let that uh, fall off his shoulder. Like I, th- I feel like that's really staying there for him, and and he's going to have to to do something to pull himself back up and the, and the rest of the team with him. And I bet he's hoping more than anyone that Michigan gets to play Michigan
1: State on Sunday. Yeah, I mean, he he, uh, I think he played better the first game against Cassius Winston. Definitely he definitely, had, had, more definitely yep. had more points.
0: Definitely had more points. I want to say like 19, uh, but still got it handed to him.
1: He shut down Carson Edwards, who was a first team uh, all Big Ten and and, and someone who was probably runner-up to Cassius Winston uh, in the voting. Uh, But, yeah, I mean, between uh, having uh, Winston outplay him uh, twice and and even being snubbed from first team, which, I mean, would have been obvious with uh, the way Winston played and Carson Edwards being there. Um, but also not you know, getting anything on, uh, in the defensive player of the year or anything. A lot, a lot of people thought that him, Charles Matthews, and John Teske uh, all were candidates for that. He's one of those guys where in tournament time he feels like he has a lot to prove, not that he doesn't play that way all the time. And, and I think that he'll play a smart game, limit the turnovers. Uh, obviously, when he gets the ball, pushes the ball to the court, you, you uh, can almost promise that something good's going to happen. Uh, and so I would say that, yeah, between Brozdakis, uh him and Teskey, all really important pieces, and I'll throw one more in there. I think that it's time for Jordan Poole to take over. I don't think Jordan Poole goes pro. Uh, I think he's going to be in a similar situation as Charles Matthews last year, where the team might take him, but he'll probably spend a lot of time in the, in the G League. Uh, I mean, he does have the skill level to play in the NBA. I just don't think he's quite ready yet. But if he has that on his mind and he, he has aspirations to leave after the season or if he's just ready to prove that he's going to be a stud more consistently. and We've seen him go off before. Uh, we've seen him go on streaks of hitting big shots. He had the, the game-saving, tournament-saving uh, shot at the buzzer last season in the NCAA tournament. I would look for him to have some, a big streak of games too if Michigan's going to, in fact, uh, repeat for the third time.
0: Oh, my God. We could have a whole show just about the things Jordan Poole does that one second make you so frustrated. And then the next second you're so happy that he plays for Michigan and wears that Jersey. He's, he's one of the guys that I, I, I don't even know how to like accurately explain the way I feel. when when I see him with the ball, or like playing defense and flopping around, it's uh. Whew. We could fill a whole show. Maybe someday we will. I think the big thing here that, that we need to consider is Charles Matthews possibly coming back. Hopefully, coming back. What that gives Michigan for depth, because Isaiah Livers filling in for Matthews has been a, a you know he's he's been a decent fill in. Like we know he's a good player. At times he's seems like a better offensive choice than. Charles Matthews it's what comes after him that that gets you worried and that really makes you miss the 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 steadfast starter in Matthews because Isaiah Livers has been like a stopgap three through five off the bench and when he has to start all of a sudden Michigan is really hurting with depth which is something that's kind of been hurting them all season so I think getting Charles Matthews back hopefully will give this team um you know maybe not like a it's not like they missed a whole bunch of skill when he was off. I mean, he is a, he is a skilled player and, you know, he's starting for a reason, but the bigger, the the bigger benefit there is the depth. And I think that'll, that'll be big if if they can get him back.
1: Yeah. I mean, obviously he's really important to this team. We talked about this either the last episode or one before about how he really kind of helped Michigan in that run last year uh, and really had a great game in every game, but, the Villanova game, which was the most important in the championship. The last thing I saw was John Beeline talking about how Matthews is handling the injury and and stuff and uh, talking about how he was an all-tournament team and uh, obviously referring to his success last year in the tournament. And, I mean, they don't know just yet what's going to happen, but between death and just between having that experience, I mean, that is really important because these are the games. And, again, Michigan looked like – the team to beat in November, and it was a a really odd start to the season. It was incredible to watch them rattle off win after win. But when it comes to the tournament, you really want guys with experience, and that's where I think Michigan's going to miss players they lost last year, Mo Wagner, Abdora Rockman, uh, Duncan Robinson. I mean, guys who had a little bit more of that experience. And so Charles Matthews does nothing but benefit the Wolverines, not only in the lineup, but also with that experience in terms of going on a tournament run.
0: All right, let's say it's next week. We're here on the show and we're talking about Michigan getting bumped, not winning a game in the Big Ten tournament. What happened? What went wrong?
1: I would say that they had a drought and two things. Uh, I would say that they definitely experienced some kind of offensive drought. Uh, I would assume, and with that, I would assume that they obviously had trouble um, stopping the other team defensively. The other thing is I would guess the team played out of their mind. Uh, If you want to look at uh, Iowa, for example, um, a team that Michigan had trouble with uh, once this season. Northwestern, a team uh, Michigan's had trouble with multiple times uh, in the last few seasons. Illinois, a team who kind of seems to be a, an unknown of what team's going to show up. I would say either they have a game that's incredible and Michigan loses, or Purdue plays like, hey, you know what, we are the best team in the Big Ten, and, and I know that Michigan uh, beat us by 19 uh, but that was on their floor. This is a neutral court, uh, and, and we're ready to prove that we're the best in the Big Ten. So those would be uh, what I'm guessing uh, in terms of early loss. Anything beyond that, um, I guess I'm not I'm not surprised. Uh, if you make the finals and, and you lose to a Michigan State, uh, Wisconsin, maybe even a Maryland or Indiana, it's a disappointing loss, but if Michigan can make it to Sunday, I think it's still a successful Big Ten tournament. I don't think it hurts them too bad heading into the NCAA tournament. Again, remember they were they finished third technically for the the Big Ten regular season, and so if they do at least what their seed is, uh, I guess I'm somewhat happy with that result. Although I prefer. Uh, another tournament victory
0: yeah the next time we're on here we'll be talking not only about the Big Ten tournament but Michigan's seed in the NCAA tournament
1: crazy I mean it, it, to me and I mean and talking about like podcast time is usually a once a week if that but to think that between the time we're talking now and talk again Michigan could have played three games one a Big Ten tournament or gotten bounced on the first night and knows kind of their their seed and where they're going to be playing and who they're going to be playing what the path looks like to a potential national championship it's just amazing that all of that happens in a week and it's not only for the big 10 conference it's all the other major conferences as well
0: it's what makes conference tournaments and then the ncaa tournament so much fun so much happens in in such a short time frame so if, if i'm if i'm if I got to choose something that, that Michigan stumbles on, I can't think of anything other than what you just said with the scoring droughts. I mean, their offense has been, hasn't always been there. And, and we've seen this, this is the second straight year second straight year now where the offense has been maybe a little hit and miss, I guess is the way you could describe it. But these scoring droughts, like they've, they've taken them completely out of games. And when you do that, it, it, Obviously, that's a team like Iowa, perhaps, or or Illinois, or Northwestern. It, it lets them not only hang around, <clears throat> but if but if they catch fire at the right time, all of a sudden they're surging eight, ten ahead, and now Michigan's got to climb out of a hole, which is already difficult for a team that that is is efficient offensively. Don't get me wrong, but that can can hit these these bad drafts and you just don't know when they're going to end. And I think the bigger thing is. Like you have Bras and Charles Matthews who are who are decent candidates to to take over and end that drought. But it's not like Muhammad Ali Abdul Rahman is coming out of the tunnel to to do what he did so well and just get a bucket. Like that's just not happening. And Xavier Simpson, you know, great driving. He has an incredible hook shot, a good finisher at the rim for his size. We haven't seen a whole lot of taking charge offensively from him either in those times. So that's that's got to be the thing that would kill Michigan, not only in the Big 10 tournament but obviously going ahead into the NCAA tournament. Can Michigan play X number of games in a row without hitting one of those fatal droughts? It just doesn't seem very likely, so that would have to be the thing that would go wrong.
1: Yeah, I mean, and you both of us we we can't be more spot on because again, even if you look at the NCAA tournament last year, uh, they they move on because of a buzzer beating three. I mean that that's how you win. Houston, um, no offense to Houston. I mean I think Michigan was the better team. Houston did have a good team. Continues to to have a good program. But a miraculous shot saved Michigan's season last year, and they happened to kind of play their best ball after that all the way up until. Villanova, but this is a team with those droughts and it seems to be a consistent thing with John Beeline, and again no team is perfect, it's very rare for a team to to go without a loss during the regular season uh, and then especially finish it off, especially in today's game, but yeah I mean, I'm not surprised if they lose in, in either tournament I uh, just got to hope that they play their best ball when it matters again.
0: All right. Well, thanks for checking us out here on the Go Blue crew. You can follow me on Twitter at Ty underscore Fenwick. You can follow Derek at Divine Identity. Hopefully next time when we're talking on the show, we'll be discussing a Big Ten tournament title and a high seed in the NCAA tournament. Until then, jo- enjoy the conference tournament and Go Blue. Go Blue. Go Blue.